Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. And now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I am your host. Thank you so much for stopping in here with us today. I'm here with our executive producer and co-host, Mark Griffith. We're thankful for the opportunity to speak with you. We're very excited about our show today. Um, We've got a lot of information to cover. We really feel like um, our guest today will be able to give you the insider's view on our economy, where we're going to be going into the future. Um, And I'm excited to have him. And today on the phone, we have with us Dr. Ralph DeFranco. Thank you so much, sir, for joining us again. My pleasure. And we just want to acknowledge also who she was not able to make it, but Kim Miller with ArchMI. Thank her so much for connecting us. This is the second time we have had you on the show, and you you came in the fall with us prior, um, and we were very happy to have you then, and we're equally happy to have you now. One of the things that you do is you're you're an economist. You are someone who takes information, historical data, and whatever the current situation looks like and does your best to to predict what's going to happen in the future based upon um, historical trends and so forth. So you have created, um, I guess, a little periodical, if you will, that you dub the Hammer Review, and it's the Housing and Mortgage Market Review. Um, I have the winter edition in my hands. We talked about the fall edition the last time you were on the show I love it, first of all. For those of you who would like to get this information, we're going to be able to post that. It's the winter edition. It's going to be on the housinghour.com. Before we get too far, let me tell you guys to plug in with us by going to the housinghour.com. You can also plug in on social media. You can go to facebook.com slash the housing hour, but we'll make this available for folks as well. And you can visit, excuse me, the the website archmi.com just to learn a little bit more. In, in the name, you're the actual um, economist for for ArchMI, but you also you, there's a name of your company. Tell me again what that is. I work at a, at a sister organization called ArchCap Services, right. and I cover housing markets around the globe. So yes, okay, uh, gotcha. Yeah, yes, want to make that clear to everyone. Um, so why don't we do this first and foremost? We talked in the fall, and man, I went back and listened to the show. We talked about a lot of stuff. And we talked about where interest rates were going. We talked about where housing was going. Um, we talked about uh, some of the most affordable and least affordable uh, markets in our area. Um, can, can you maybe take a step back for us and tell us, you know, were you pretty much in line at least for the last four months from where you thought we'd be? Are, are things trending the same way from your fall review into your winter? Um, are there any big surprises? So those are the first seven questions, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, it's always a pleasure to, to join you guys. Uh, the only surprise is how much interest rates rose with the election. So we had a, we had a, about a half a percentage point jump in, in mortgage rates um, based on confidence in the economy, thanks to the new administration. But the housing market itself is progressing just as I was saying then and have been saying for years, which is there's a shortage of housing and mm. job growth is stronger than we need just to, to employ the new uh, new people entering the job market. So what we have is, is all the conditions in place for a very strong housing market. 
that's a long-term story. We're only in the, say, the third inning of this thing. The housing market has a lot of room to grow from here. Mm. And uh, unfortunately, that means that since, since there's more demand than supply, prices are mo- going to be moving up. Uh, just as they have, we, we, we've seen pretty, pretty, uh, pretty rapid home price growth in, in uh, sort of the major cities, Knoxville, Nashville, uh, Memphis, maybe not so much out in Morristown and uh, Kingsport, but, but, uh, but in general, much faster than wage growth, which is hurting affordability. So, and I think that trend is going to continue. So I want to let people know that, that uh, very strong conditions are in place to keep housing going for quite some time. I think that um, you made it clear in the fall that there was a real need for people to take action um, if they were interested. Maybe they were on the fence in either refinancing or purchasing, and you nailed that one. That that was one of your your key. I remember very clearly your your sort of the key thread that w- our conversation um, because you're in the business of of helping predict the future. Um, and I know that that's impossible to predict it correctly, but the trend is more of what you focused on. And I remember because I was on my um, exercise bike this morning listening to the show, and I, I kept thinking to myself, if we could have only got this information out to more people, you know, if we could have only, and I know you guys do a fantastic job with that, but some people just don't connect those dots and they think, well, I'm just not ready. I, You know, yeah, I know you, the rates may be a little higher, but when you take a combination of the interest rates going up, that factors into the home affordability. So you think that home prices and rents will rise faster than incomes, which potentially could be a problem the longer you wait, right, doctor? Absolutely. That, that, you, you nailed it. Yes, that's right. So now is the time, if you can afford a mortgage and you're thinking about getting in the housing market, you really should not wait any longer. Rates will be going up from here more. They're already up from, from their lowest point, but they, they're still historically cheap. Uh, it's, it's pretty reasonable to, to um, assume interest rates will be half percentage point higher roughly a year from now. So uh, uh, that will mean that you're going to be making a higher monthly payment if you wait. Also, home prices are going up. So, so both of those things, it's a double whammy. You, you'll be looking at um, making bigger payments on the exact same house if you drag your feet in there six months, 12 months, two years. I was listening, as I was listening to our show from the fall on, on the bike, I was also um, watching CNBC um, because that's just one of the TVs, and, and it was the transcription, so I wasn't able to catch all of it. But it was the, the Fed president, I think it was, I can't remember the gentleman's name, actually, but he was from Texas, and it seemed like he had maybe a different opinion than, than, our, than our current Janet Yellen's opinion. But um, do you see anything different with what the Fed is saying as it relates to the rise of interest rates and what it is that your predictive models suggest? Because really what I see is, is inflation is um, pretty much at a – pretty standard pace where we're not seeing any huge inflation. So there's no, there, there is some inflation, mm-hmm. some healthy inflation. Um, but, right, right. but what my concern is, I guess, and you can elaborate a little bit is that if the, if the, the people's income is not increasing at the same pace that home prices are going up, is that not a recipe for a bigger disaster than just home affordability? Well, I wouldn't call it a disaster. I would, certainly, affordability will worsen. However, 
the economy is strengthening, so what we have are more jobs. Finally, there's there's uh, the labor market slack has been taken up, and so we should start seeing wage gains pick up. Mm-hmm. So if, uh, people that have stayed in their jobs, job growth is uh, nationwide is more like three and a half percent versus the two percent number that's typically reported, because that includes new people entering the job market. Uh, so so wage growth is is uh, starting to accelerate. And that is a positive. However, home price growth are going, home prices are going at faster than that even. So, mm. uh, you know, net net, you're better off getting in now because once you get a, a, a mortgage, you're locked. You've locked in the payment. Right. And and that's uh, I always consider that some inflation protection too, because you pay it back in nominal dollars. So so me, meaning, if I have if I have a thousand dollar mortgage payment and I have a thirty year mortgage, I'll have that same payment. 30 years from now, even though $1,000 will be worth a lot less Oh yeah, in 5, 10, 20 years. Wow, that's that's a good point. I remember also, I'm so glad that I uh, Mark recommended that I listen to the show because there was so much content in it. It was hard for me to just capture it just in a text or an email. But you also mentioned, um, you know, there was concern about some of the markets, and Mark mentioned it. He is talking about Nashville and how, you know, is that one – to, to be cautious mm-hmm. about. And I loved your response, which was, well, that might be true, but the reason that it's such a hot market is because people are moving in there and it's, you know, there are the infrastructures there. You have a lot of space to build and you have a lot of people that are sort of, um, I guess, finding Nashville to be a great place to move. So, so that's not an unhealthy I guess, market increase. Is that, that that's still valid? And is that even what you said? <laughs> yeah, you know, that's right. So they're seeing very rapid home price increases, but it's going to continue. It's not overvalued. It may feel like it if you've been Nashville. there a while, but it's a different city than it was 10, 20 years ago. People have discovered this, that Nashville, it's a, it's a exciting place. I think of it as the Las Vegas or Times Square <laughs> of that part of the country, it's, it's very. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of growth in terms of tourists coming in for, for entertainment. I think that it's going to continue to boom. Okay. Well, that's great. We only have one minute left in this segment, so we'll we'll table our conversation on home prices because I want to jump more into that. Um, and it may be because of that Nashville TV show also <laughs> why they're increasing. Yeah, well, some people have said that, yeah. yeah but, I, but I think they moved it from primetime to over to a different station. That's okay. We'll talk more about that. More, the housing hour is in primetime now on News Talk 98.7. We're grateful for that. We're going to continue this conversation right after these messages. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case loving you. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray here with Mark Griffith, our executive vice producer and co-host extraordinaire. Thank you guys for joining us. We're so happy to be here. We have on the phone with us um, with uh, Arch uh, Capital Services. Uh, he is the global chief economist with Arch Capital Services, uh, Dr. Ralph DeFranco. 
and we're thankful for the opportunity to speak with him. He's he's really helped me a lot. Um, Jesse, who works for Mortgage Investors Group, mm-hmm. is also one of these kind of guys. Of course, that's not his full-time job, but he does a great job. Um, but Dr. DeFranco does a very good job putting it out right here on paper. He He creates for the mortgage industry and for just anybody in general, I believe, um, a housing and market uh, mortgage market review, and he publishes this. Is this quarterly? Is that how I understand it? That's correct. Quarterly, okay, yeah. it's a quarterly report, and this most recent edition, um, the winter 2017, the predictions for 2017, 18, and beyond, and he gives a, a very well thought out, uh, detail. Uh, you know, analysis of the year 2016, what the, some of the positive trends were. And he uses those pat that past data and predicts what he thinks that will happen in the future. And we were talking about home prices and, um, Dr. Uh, DeFranco, I noticed that you had emailed Mark and I at one or so or two, 2 AM. And it wasn't until a little bit later that I f- forgot that you actually live in San Francisco, which happens to be, the most expensive place to live in the United States, according to your report. <laughs> is that correct still? Uh, yeah, it's a, the median home price is over a million dollars in San Francisco. It's, it's pretty ridiculous, but it's not a bubble either because yeah. incomes are high. Because you, you live there. Of, of <laughs> one of the most important industries on the planet. So as long as the tech sector continues to roll high, roll, roll run hot, it's going to continue to be strong out here. Right. And I mean, over a million dollars, the medium home price in Tennessee, what is it? A hundred, what was the median home price in Tennessee? Knoxville's probably 170,000, yeah. 150, depends on who you hear. CoreLogic says Knoxville's about 150, but uh, right. the government data is about 170 to 80. So. And you mentioned in your notes to us um, this morning about uh, Knoxville being at 5.5% from last year, which I think is very healthy. We talked about um, our area, and for those of you who are listening in Knoxville, Harriman, Oak Ridge, Lenore City, maybe even out close to Crossville, wherever you might be listening, um, 5.5%, I think you could probably use that number for most of um, that area. Certainly some parts are going to be a little better than others, of course. Um, You mentioned Nashville was at um, 9.9%, which is healthy, it's not too far um, up that you would be concerned about values. Um, but I think that the thing we talked about last time that was so great is that we don't see the volatility that maybe other markets have. And there's a lot of advantages to that. W- wouldn't you agree? And do you see that as continuing? Uh, definitely going to continue. And just to clarify, we were talking about home price growth. So home prices are up uh, between 5 and 6% right. just over the last year in Knoxville. I, like, I correlate uh, that to value, in, but you're yeah, right. So. Yeah, that's a good and then, point. And uh, then, you know, there, in terms of diversity of industry, Knoxville is, is very diverse. So, so that that makes it um, lower volatility. It's also uh, less space constraints than coastal cities, which make them inherently more prone to bubbles. So, Knoxville, nice and steady. It's it's considered. Uh, one of the lowest volatility uh, home price volatility measures in the uh, uh, if you were, if you were to take the hundred um, if you take four hundred major cities it would be uh, definitely in like the, the best twenty percent in that's terms great. of volatility that's and so awesome. it makes it safer and that's because it's diversified right you got you got um, a lot of tech there's some there's a good tech sector there there's a lot of manufacturing there's there's the science uh, Oak Ridge yeah the, uh, yep 
uh, university that's that's where that adds a lot of stability so the economy is, is start firing on all cylinders there and we have the Tennessee yeah. balls <laughs> which is big <laughs> well, hey, let, me, let me ask you this dr. Franco Franco um, as far as the housing goes we have a robust economy here it's diversified like you pointed out yet the housing um, you know uh, there seems to be a lack of clean, usable housing in this market as it is across the United States. Why is that? Yeah, good question. Yeah, great question. There's a a couple of factors at play here. So construction is still probably uh, 30% below what it needs to be. Mm. And that's because uh, both both mortgage lending guidelines are are too tight, but I'm I'm confident the new administration is going to help – Make a more appropriate oh, lending guidelines regulations for, for banks. So, so there's there's overly tight lending guidelines. We have um, there's a lot of restrictions on on uh, builders that make it harder for them to build at the lowest uh, entry price points. There's, there's uh, environmental regulations. There's there's uh, higher fees to connect to sewer, power, roads, and so on than than there was ten years ago, which make it much much uh, harder for them to build. Homes that uh, compete with existing homes, so they they, they really have to. Uh, it's harder for them to price it, to build anything under two hundred and fifty or three hundred thousand. So they're targeting the upper end of the market. So home price growth on that end has been less than it's been at the lower end, where there's really just no new inventory. The other thing is uh, during the um, uh, foreclosure crisis, we had a lot of homes that were converted. Uh, from owner-occupied to rental properties, mm. and the investors who bought those homes are not selling them. So, so there's they're 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 making great money on, on renting those things out, and for the most part, they're keeping those off the market. So there's 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 basically if you if you look across the country and add up the number of homes for sale, it's about a third less than you would expect. So there's not much listed. Uh, for various reasons, there's, you know, they're not building enough, and there's 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 some markets, there's some homes that have just been taken off the market. Another factor is people just move less frequently than they did. People 20 years ago were much more likely to pick up and move to another city. For whatever reason, people are staying put, and that's uh, slowed slowed down the amount of turnover in the housing market, which uh, has kept slow sales and sales a bit lower than usual. Quick question for you. One of the points that you made was that you feel like the overall economy over the next two years will be strong um, due to the to the election, which I mean, that's I mean, that's a very positive thing to say, considering there's a lot of, you know, division about that. But I I tend to agree with you from an economic standpoint um, because lower taxes, I mean, we'll see, you know, according to him next week or so, we're going to see the new corporate tax um, structure. And he's got a lot of plans. And he being Donald Trump, uh, President Trump. Also, um, I hear through the grapevine that he has an enormous and I mean, I mean, enormous um, a defense budget increase for infrastructure and for military. You mentioned that um, the concern there is and this has been an age old question. It's been more of a question for um, a Democrat in office than a Republican, because the Republicans have tended to be more conservative in spending. And that may be the case with Donald Trump. But according there's prima facie evidence that we may have a spending problem again. Um, we're at 19 trillion dollar debt. 
And if we have a budget that comes in now, he has plans, of course, you know, he's negotiating this and negotiating that. And, you know, he may get those things done. But if you negotiate a billion here, a billion there, that's not going to help. I mean, we're talking about 19 trillion dollar. The trade deficit is out of control. But we're going to spend all this money, which will help keep our economy strong in the foreseeable future. But does that not is that not some of the ingredients for housing bubble potential and maybe not housing bubble as much as it is stock market bubble, which, you know, leading up to 2007 Mm -hmm. on your charts, you just see an unbelievable rise and then just an incredible fall. But in your report, you're very positive about that not happening. So can you help me to combine the two thoughts? Yes. So there's a lot to unpack with what you just said. Okay, and we have two and minutes, we and we'll continue. Donald Trump's enormous. I thought you were going to talk about his hands there. But, uh. <laughs> that was good. They're huge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So the uh, they will probably run up the debt somewhat. I don't. I don't. I doubt that they'll they'll uh, be um, fully funding all all the spending increases they want to do. So. Long term, that's that's a negative, especially with baby boomers retiring. Uh, so, two, three, four, five years from now, we could be looking at some some nasty bubbles and something. It's not clear what. Uh, housing is is undervalued at the moment, so it's got a long way to go to being um, in a bubble. So, I'm not worried about housing at the moment. Yes, uh, financial assets are very expensive. So, I and and unusually uh, low volatility. So, they're sort of overdue for for a little bit of um, uh, gyrations there. So uh, there's definitely risk in financial assets, which actually makes me think that housing is probably one of the safest places to put your cash. I agree. Uh, yeah. So um, I do want to mention that that $19 trillion national debt, that actually is considered by economists as uh, not great, but not a disaster either. For one reason, it's uh, you never actually have to pay it back. You can just have to pay interest on it. Right. And it... Um, Keep, keeps China involved. Re- <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. they got to put their savings somewhere. Right. Uh, well, but, we're coming to the end of this segment, so hold that thought because we have much okay. more right here on the Housing Hour. We have with us in studio, not in studio, but calling in the studio, uh, global uh, economist for Arch Capital Um, We have a great show for the rest of it. So come back and join us right after these messages. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. My name is Kevin Ray. In here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host, uh, thank you so much for joining us. We're excited to be in with you today, and we have some exciting news to share with you, and that is that right now is the time to buy, mm-hmm. um, buy or refinance. Um, and we're not, you know, when I listen to shows, some of the some of the weekend shows, I get so tired of hearing people selling their product. I just do. I'm sorry. I'm just being transparent because we're we're here to to bring you some entertainment and some education and hopefully make you laugh and make you think. And that's really our goal. I mean, we do work at Mortgage Investors Group, and we'd love for you to go to MIGonline.com and uh, look into who we are and what we do. Um, But we're really here today to unpack for you what we feel is going to be happening in the housing market. This is the Housing Hour. 
So part of one of our missions is to educate. And we're talking um, about just that. We're talking about what we see coming. And we have this great report. This is really an incredible report that has been provided to us. It's called the Housing and Mortgage Market Review. And it's supplied to us by Dr. Ralph DeFranco. He's the global chief economist at Arch Capital Services. And I wanted you, I sort of had to cut you off there, but you were, you were talking in terms of, you know, what exactly could happen and, and, you know, what, what we're, what we're thinking that could happen with inflation and what's going to be going on with our economy. And you talked about the black swan event potential. And some people thought Donald Trump's actual election was the black swan event, but that didn't end up being the case. But have you ever seen such a climate? from a geopolitical standpoint, I mean, there's so much going on in North Korea. You've got Syria, you have this travel ban. I mean, there are a lot of geopolitical things going on all at once. Well, the international situation is always uh, crowded. It never leaves America alone. But I do, I would say it's gotten a little more dangerous because, uh, I, you know, I actually disagree with this administration's uh, wanting to pull back from, um, Transatlantic. Uh, well, well, from from some of the, the alliances, yes. We, right. The United States has basically saved democracy three times last century with World War One, Two, and the Cold War, and if the world's a dangerous place, that, that uh, democracy is, is a fragile thing, and, and uh, is, the totalitarian and dictatorships have, have a way of wanting to take over. And uh, so, you know, is the is the the U.S. has. Uh, as the rest of the world has grown economically, we're a smaller piece of the pie. Right. So it was inevitable that, that our influence would, would, would uh, be diminished over time, but uh, we've had a very healthy, positive uh, effect on the globe through uh, promoting democracy, promoting our values overseas. Uh, but um, I'm getting off track from the housing, so I that's think I'll okay. probably no, you're, <laughs> return that's great. to our topic again. <laughs> yeah. Well, go. let's talk back into, and let's get back into to domestic questions about our economy. Um, you mentioned sure. last uh, fall about the world being interconnected and about mortgage-backed securities. And, and I was very happy right. to hear you say that uh, we had a sufficient enough uh, purchasing power from people other than the U.S. Treasury to have a healthy mortgage-backed security market. Um, even with rates slowly rising, people are taking money and maybe investing it back into the stock market. They see that as maybe a better investment. You talked about um, some of these international uh, managers of money looking for safe investments. Treasuries in the fall were still one of those. But as 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 consumer confidence grows, so does the confidence of these um, people who hold trillions of dollars. So uh, what do you think about the mortgage-backed security mm-hmm. market? And, and I know that you a lot of that depends on what happens from a policy perspective from Janet Yellen and others. Um, but t- talk to me where you think that's going to sure. go. Okay, so the, uh, there, it's very easy to move money around the globe in search of highest interest rates. So it's basically uh, you can't look at interest rates just in the U.S. You have to think about mm-hmm. interest rates in Europe, which are incredibly low, rock bottom low. They're very low in Japan. So it's it's totally uh, it's very hard to imagine a scenario where our interest rates go up very dramatically. They can go up. They're, they're certainly headed up because our economy is is stronger um, than it was a few years ago, and we still have uh, the Fed has still been um, 
trying to keep interest rates low to, to help job growth. So, but but they need they don't they don't need to um, do that as much now, and they need to instead be careful to balance things between if they have keep interest rates too low, it causes inflation. So mm-hmm. they they need to raise interest rates a little bit, but it's it's inconceivable rates would pop up you know three four five percent because there's so much money internationally that comes in and buys U.S. bonds, including uh, where mortgages ultimately end up in mortgage-backed securities, and that keeps uh, borrowers' mortgage rates here uh, sort of tied to those global markets. But um, they, they are, the Federal Reserve has indicated they want to raise rates three times this year, so that would definitely imply mortgage rates will be half a percentage point or so higher uh, by the end of the year. And so it may not be, it certainly won't be a straight line till there. Something sometimes, uh, if there's a, you know, some sort of financial panic or something, interest rates will temporarily go down. But in general, the trend is, is, is set and it's going up, which is what we've been seeing over the last uh, few months, right? Rates are much higher than they were mm-hmm. a year ago. Dr. DeFranco, what do you think is uh, a good healthy target rate for inflation? Because that's always been, mm-hmm. uh, the fight of inflation is always sure. raising the interest rates at the Fed level. What is a good target rate? I think the Fed's doing it right. They, they have a, about a 2% target rate, and so they don't want to target zero because there's some sectors that become more productive uh, or less productive, and you can't really give somebody a pay cut if they're, they're in a less, less profitable or less productive sector. Uh, you can, uh, so it's easier if there's a little bit of inflation to sort of grease the wheels of, of the economy. Uh, of economic machinery, but 2% is low enough to where people don't really feel it that much. Uh, you can um, substitute out the things that are appreci- that are going up faster for things that are, that are substitutes that are not appreciating the staff, for example. So uh, I think they're doing it right, and uh, we're, we're have, we've been under that target for, for a couple of years, but, but in- inflation is, is picking up a little bit, not going to be a problem, uh, in my opinion. But um, there, there is an issue. The higher interest rates go here, the higher it pushes up the U.S. dollar, which is good news if you want to go on vacation overseas, but it's bad news uh, for manufacturing, which is, of course, uh, some of your listeners are work in that sector. Uh, yeah. But we're going we're to offset that with tariffs on everything that's imported. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the, the way economists view it, if you do a 20% import uh, tax, it causes the exchange rate to appreciate by 20%. So the there's no no. Uh, you basically get tax revenue, but uh, it wouldn't really necessarily increase uh, yeah. or decrease. Um, it wouldn't necessarily decrease imports. When when we look at uh, when we talk about inflation, you know nobody talks about you know home like bubbles, housing bubbles in terms of inflation. But but I sort of they're correlated in a way because. One of the nice things about your risk index, which is on the front page, which is very important for that potential home buyer out there who's considering maybe buying, but they're they're worried because when they were in high school, they saw a 2007 and they are scared to death that they're going to buy something and, you know, they're going to buy something for 150,000 and then turn around, Mm -hmm. you know, in three years and it's going to be 110,000, 120,000. But you laid out the latest um, and greatest Arch MI Risk Index. Tennessee, for those of you who don't have the benefit of seeing this, um, you can on the housinghour.com. Tennessee is in one of the is in the lowest of the entire country um, as far as the potential for 
uh, home decrease, home value decrease. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. And in fact, it, it spreads to all the major cities there too. So mm, yeah, I see it's, that. Uh, widespread, very, uh, almost unmeasurable chance of home prices falling, uh, being lower two years from from now than they are today. Is it still two percent? And based on a statistical model that uses unemployment, it uses about nine inputs, uh, mm. and it was showing that risk was much higher back in, in uh, 2005, six, seven. So this, this thing, uh, you know, it's, 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 and, and that risk is, is vastly lower than on average. So, so we're really looking at a very safe time to buy a home, at least looking at the history and trying to, trying to judge the risk. And that, that really comes from the fact that, that it's still actually affordable relative to historical norms. Yeah. So the amount of, the amount of, uh, the amount of, your paycheck it takes to cover a mortgage on a typical home is actually less than it was than an average during the 1980s, the 1990s, and the 2000s. So, well, here's that another makes thing. It much safer. Whenever, if you're thinking about buying, this is another way of looking at it. If you're just considering it, you're paying rent right now. You're paying a thousand dollars, and you've locked in a one-year lease. Most lease options have the uh, ability to increase the cost of the rent year over year if they wanted to. Maybe they don't, but that is the potential. So rate rate uh, the rental cost is going to go up, and as are the home prices. Here's the good thing. If you buy a house now, you're going to lock in that rate for 30 years or 15 if you're a Dave Ramsey disciple. That's good news for you. The music is very loud, but we're going to continue this conversation right after these messages. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. This is Kevin Ray with Mark Griffith, executive producer and co-host. We're here with uh, Dr. Ralph DeFranco, global chief economist for ArchMI Capital Services, or Arch Capital Services, rather. It's a sister to uh, ArchMI, which, who supplies mortgage insurance and helps make the American dream come true for thousands of Americans every every month. Um, me and Mark were talking offline, Doctor, and maybe if you could elaborate on this and let me set up the question and then, and then you can answer it. Um, we were talking about home prices in increasing and rental prices increasing. So they're sort of going up at the same time, which, which would tell me if you are someone who is considering buying a house and you're renting right now, if you can just simply go out and buy and get your, your house payment close to or maybe a little less than what your rental payment is, then you're locking that in and no longer are you subject to the landlord's increase. But Mark's question was, what would cause the rental prices to reverse? Would it be more millennials buying? Would it mean more people in the market? I know there's a supply and demand here, but sometimes those things are counterintuitive when it comes to housing. Mm -hmm. The only thing that would really drive down rents would be a massive recession or oversupply, and I don't see either of those coming. So really the direction for rents is going to be up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's growing. There's very tight vacancy rates, so both uh, apartment buildings and and housing, single family housing, have been underbuilt, and so 
we have uh, very low vacancy rates, which is helping landlords get away with, with jacking up rents, uh, you know, 3%, 4%, some, some places um, a year. And as you pointed out correctly, if you buy the house, your payment will be fixed for not just the year, but for 15 or 30 years. And that's, that's mm-hmm. a huge advantage because your wages will go up a few percent each year. And that means that effectively it'll feel like half as much money uh, and uh, you go into your mortgage 10 years from now. And also you have to consider that property taxes are tax deductible. Mortgage interest is tax deductible, at least right now, <laughs> 2017. So there's some other things that will come back to you that will help shelter you against whatever your federal income tax rate is. They will help to keep your taxes lower than possible, low as possible. Um, and so you make good points there. And that I think is why I definitely decided what, and this has been years and years ago, but I factored all of this stuff in. This was back in 2000 and I guess it was 2004 when I purchased my first home and all those things played into mind. I did an FHA one year arm. That's just how confident I was. And I did too. Yeah. And so I, and I held on to that thing for like three years because it, the increase just, and right now, not to give you too much personal information, but I'm also on an arm right now because I'm just that confident in where I'm going to be and where we're going to be. And also you have to know about what your future holds for you. What are your plans for the next five years? Um, another, another subject matter that kind of a re- revolves around this is depending on what region that you're in and depending on you know, what it is that your career is. There's so many unknowns that are out there, but in Tennessee specifically, you mentioned every market sort of has a low chance of, of the values of their homes decreasing, which is a very positive thing. Um, but from your experience, and this may be having you take your doctor hat off for a, a moment, why are these millennials so worked up about buying a home? And and, and just to point out to people, in 2005, if you like numbers and you're listening to this, um, Dr. DeFranco's reports from Arch Capital and, and people, you know, well, actually, it was you on the front of the USA Today warning about what was to come. Is that correct? That is correct, yeah. We, we uh, definitely saw that uh, home prices were getting overvalued. And the and reason I bring that, that up, by, by, the, we'll, the reason I bring that up, though, is only to just set you up that you you currently have your new data set that's suggesting something much different than it was in 2005. That's just because with with low interest rates and home prices still haven't hit a new peak in, in some cities. They're, they're above their uh, previous peak in Nashville, but uh, and Tennessee's about the same as it was at the old peak. But, that's, but meanwhile, incomes have been rising over the last 10 years. So uh, home prices, relative incomes, and relative to the monthly payment you have to make are, are still very affordable uh, relative to history. And so uh, your question was on millennials. They're not a monolithic block, of course. Uh, <laughs> right. there's, um, there's a lot of myths about them. One is that they love moving to the city. That's actually uh, not borne out by the evidence. They're about the same mm-hmm. number of them moving to cities or suburbs and rural areas as, as, as any other demographic. So that's, that's uh, the, uh, I think the reason, you know, we've had societal changes. They're getting married later and having children later than previous generations. And so that naturally flows to, uh, to buying a home a little bit later just because uh, once you have children, it sure makes a lot of sense to have a, have a nice grass backyard than living in an apartment building. And uh, 
the, they, they just had bad luck with uh, the job market, right? So it was a bad time. The last seven, eight years was a bad time to come out from college or, or from high school and, and uh, get a good, get a good uh, high-paying job, you know. So it was, it, but the economy is improving. Their prospects are improving. Their, uh, many of them are, are switching jobs, so that their, their wage growth has actually been the fastest of all, all uh, age buckets. And so that bodes well for, for them as, as potential buyers. But I do think they, they got scared by, 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 seeing the, by living through that crisis. It was, they, saw, they saw their parents uh, mm-hmm. get mauled, perhaps, with, yeah. with home price declines. And uh, I think they're overly skittish. Home prices fell by a third in the country because they were a third overvalued. They're not overvalued right now. Right. So the risk of them declining like that is, 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 uh, is, is absurdly small. So, uh, you know, they, they, uh, if they crunch the numbers, as you're suggesting, there, there are websites where you can do rent versus own calculators uh, and decide for yourself. But mm-hmm. that calculation comes out favorable to buying a home in, in most places. Uh, Dr. DeFranco, do you see a particular growth in any um, job sector more so than any other? Which which one would it be? Yeah, so so, uh, unfortunately, middle-class jobs have been shrinking over the last couple decades. That's anything that's routine has been outsourced or automated. So that's, and in fact, that actually bodes well, uh, bodes poorly for some of your uh, people living in your area who work in in auto manufacturing. Some some of those jobs will. uh, Will ultimately be automated. So, uh, but in any case, there's still a high demand for non-routine work. So you have to be educated and plugged in and present and focused on on how to add value in in a dynamic, changing world. You know, Darwin didn't say it was survival the strong is the strong. He didn't say the strongest survive. He said those that are most adaptable survive. And that's what we have to do to keep up with the change in economy. We have to uh, do lifelong learning. We need as good an education as, as we can um, get. And so, you know, my advice to people is, is uh, focus on, on uh, the non-routine work as, as most as possible because that's, that's where the, the future is. And you have to focus on adaptive learning when it comes to being able to change what maybe you thought your career path was based upon economic you know, indicators and based upon what the supply and demand situation is in America. And that's such a valid point for anyone because, you know, we talked, we've had guests on recently and and Mark has written recently. And I I know it's a subject matter that's important is that um, there is definitely a big deficit gap for some of these, some of these skilled jobs uh, for new construction. And it makes it very difficult to do new construction when you don't have the skilled labor. And our governor of Tennessee has introduced uh, a, uh, an idea of oh. bringing adults into free education in the community college to get their skill levels up to mm-hmm. offset that lack of uh, skill. That's right. He increased our taxes to get that done. No, I'm Any way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it needs to be done. I mean, the skill set has to be learned. Well, yeah. And Dr. DeFranco, we're running out of time, unfortunately. We only have two minutes left, but I I, so I don't want to get off on too many other tangents, but I did want to just point people again um, to where they can get this latest information and they can go to the housinghour.com because I want people to be able to have access to the raw data and just not hear what we talk about. That's important. Also, for the millennials out there who live in Tennessee, you know, are incredibly um, the foreclosure rate is very low compared to America. Our unemployment rate is very low. 
uh, we have a really nice situation here. I think that if you look at this report and you break it down by even county, Tennessee is in really good shape. There are some some middle Tennessee areas and, and sort of that, that need some help. But overall, we're doing tremendous uh, in Tennessee. So I think it's a very valid um, argument that buying a home is very smart. So uh, Dr. DeFranco, we want to thank you so much. And we want to point out pe- to people that um, you have come on to this show to provide us some great expertise. And we want to make sure they know how to get in touch with you by going to archmi.com slash hammer. And that's H-A-M-M-R. We'll put that link in there as well. But thank you so much for coming in. My pleasure. Absolutely. And guys, until next time, we'll see you right here on the Housing Hour next week. the housing hour with kevin ray for today join kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know so come here to find out also check us out at thehousinghour.com this show is presented by mortgage investors group